0: at SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutine on Twitter.
1: All right, so those are some of your voice notes coming through with regards to what we saw pan out, a press briefing that was called by the CIC of the EFF, Julius Malema, asking journalists to ask him whatever it is that they want to ask around VBS specifically, ask Samkele Maseko to be the convener of a handful of journalists. They came, and uh, that's how it went. Jamie, Mighty Jamie is a political analyst and the social commentator, joins us now on the line. Now, good afternoon, and thank you so much, Mighty Jamie, for joining us. Uh, what did you make of, of what, what came out of that press briefing?
2: Thanks so much for having me. I think the first thing that we need to underscore is that we now live in an age of media manipulation, and the fourth estate has descended into the political arena to a certain extent. And today we witness a manifestation of that in a very African way. But what I think about the overall event is that there is clearly a contest for narrative and perception. Because unfortunately, in the age of uh, media narratives dominating and the age of fake news, you can actually have a situation where people uh, accept the narrative and never go beyond to examine it for themselves. So what the ESF seems to have done is to contest the narrative and to contest the perception that is being created. Because, unfortunately, perception is now becoming reality, when, in fact, truth should always be the the, the guiding standard of all journalism. So that's what we saw today. We saw my, uh, Malema making an effort to show a demeanor of a reliable witness and somebody who has nothing to hide. That was what the EFF set out to do. Did they achieve that? Look, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to leave that to everyone to assess, but I can definitely say that my, M- Alema didn't seem to be overly perturbed by uh, any of the questions that were being thrown in his particular way. And that generally is the demeanor of a reliable witness on a particular case. Remember, a reliable witness is not necessarily a good person, right? A reliable witness is somebody who is giving the correct account on the charges that are put to them. I want to say something, though. There's been a conflation, and I think it's important to outline that conflation so that we don't perform the conflation moving forward. The conflation we have is we have conflated criminal activity and ethical activity. So some conduct could be unethical, but that does does not necessarily mean that it is criminal conduct. So the conversations we saw, part of them were ethical conversations. Is it ethical to take money when you are worried about the source of the money? Is it ethical to associate with people who could be participating in fraudulent activities? But that's a separate analysis from has a crime been committed? And it's important as everyone goes back to assess the the, the footage we've all just recently consumed to ask ourselves, what are the elements of a crime of fraud? Now, we know from criminal law that the elements of the crime are misrepresentation, prejudice or potential prejudice, unlawfulness, and intention, right? All of those four things have to be present in order for a finding to be made in a criminal court of law for the charge of fraud. So we need to also ask ourselves, based on everything that we have seen, have we seen sufficient information for misrepresentation prejudice, unlawfulness, and intention on the behalf of Julius Malema and any of the parties associated with this VBS scandal. So that's something that needs to happen. Unfortunately, the journalists who were taking part in this particular discussion did not um, make the distinction between the ethical questions and the criminal questions. And I think we as a public now need to tread carefully as we move forward to ask ourselves, has an unethical act been performed How do we respond to that unethical act? Maybe we vote, maybe we don't vote. But has the criminal act been uh, performed? And then if a criminal act has been performed, then obviously the rule of law must apply and those processes must then begin. Unfortunately, we are having a trial by media and this is a very slippery uh, slope to actually descend down because it can get out of control. So we need, as I think media practitioners, To navigate very carefully around this particular issue because we have now opened the pandora's box of uh, media actually performing the role of a trial for cases that don't eventually reach the courts whatever reason exists for that so unfortunately we had a lot of conflation and we had a lot of destruction at some point we were even talking about israel and that took away from the lens of analysis and focus that was necessary. And also at times it got too emotional because the journalists that we saw were not always able to uh, remove themselves from the process of examination. An examination of criminal or ethical conduct has to be done dispassionately and coolly so that you, the referee, don't become part of the sport itself or you, the prosecutor, don't become part of the sport. The agenda has to be to examine every word, to examine every shred of of circumstantial evidence which exists, to try to actually make the assessment, has a wrongful and criminal action been done? And I don't think that we were able to achieve that in the three hours that we just
3: witnessed.
1: That's that's very interesting. I mean, that, that that analysis is very interesting. I'm going to ask you to just uh, hang on for a second for me as I bring in Dr. Stembele Lembete, who's a lecturer in the Department of Political Science at the University of Pretoria, to join us in this conversation. Thank you so much, Dr. Mbete, for joining us. And, and what did you make of what you saw this afternoon? Look, I
3: thought... Um as I, thank you for having me, uh, I, and look, and I, as I said on Twitter, I thought it was it was great uh, entertainment, but I think it was also very revealing mm-hmm. about uh, the role of uh, of many in our politics, and I think that what Mr. Malema succeeded in doing uh, in in response to the questions that he was being asked was to show the extent to which um, money, Business are a systemic part of our political life. It's not just something that, 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 that is, um, that's only a problem uh, that, that exists with the EFF, but certainly in his answers, the extent to which he implicated uh, the ANC in some of the conduct that he's been accused of, uh, but also implicated, let's say, the SACP uh, in the VBS case, it, it, it raises broader questions mm-hmm. about ethics not just the law; mm. um, it raises broader questions around ethics and the involvement of
1: commercial interests in our politics. Mm. And 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 for me, I I don't see you know journalists are not are not the court of law, and journalists who are not the, the investigators. So that doesn't really matter to me because we we vote not necessarily based on the fact that pe- people are criminals. We vote of, on, on all sorts of things, on all sorts of other reasons.
3: Certainly, we don't only vote um, because uh, because and perception. I think is very yes. important, and that came across very clearly from the line of questioning uh, from the journalists. Is that mm-hmm. a lot of what they were concerned about, and a lot of what they were trying. Uh, to get Mr. Malema to to, 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 to comment on mm. is about perception, both of himself as an individual, but also perceptions of, of the party. Uh, because, yes, it does matter uh, significantly in the political decisions uh, that people make uh, in an election. But I do think that there is something else that we need to ask about what um, commercial conduct we accept as mm. okay in mm. society broadly mm. and what uh, commercial contact conduct we then don't want our politicians to engage in and to be connected to because in his answers, uh, uh Mr. Maleme, whether speaking about the business uh, interests and activity of his cousin brother or the business activities of Floyd Chivambo's brother, or even the structure, uh, when he was explaining the structure of Gilda uh, Investment Holdings yeah. and how all this, that is perfectly legal. Mm-hmm. And many people um, in, in, in our society, many commercial, um, many companies are structured in that way, it's allowed. But what those structures then allow you to hide or not hide is a whole other conversation. And so I think there's a broader conversation um, around the ethics of business uh, in, in, in the country that we need to have, but also the extent to which we want to limit uh, our politicians' connection uh, to those kinds of commercial interests.
1: I know you have to go, but having said all of that and and the intentions that the EFF itself had in holding this press conference, do you think they achieved much of those intentions? Certainly. I think yeah, that what me, they wanted
3: part. to do is they wanted to have uh, Mr. Malema speaking to uh, these allegations in his own words. We know that Mr. Malema is an excellent showman. Mm. Uh, he really does know how to hold a room um, and to direct a conversation. Uh, and I think that he certainly comes out of this um, the looking um, better and more in control than perhaps he did before.
1: Dr. Stembelembeta, we need, we need to let her go. Uh, she said uh, she needs to go. So thank you so much for making the time. Thank I think you. we're going to ask you for a much more broader conversation. Mighty. Um, you, 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 you very successfully outlined the differences and how the conflation of legal um, representation and philosophical representation need to be distinguished. For, for the purposes of what the EFF wanted to achieve, do you feel that they achieved it?
2: I definitely think that they achieved the purpose which they set out. The purpose which they set out to um, navigate was we have nothing to hide. Bring everything that you have and show us, uh, and, and let's, let's put this matter to bed. So I don't think that this matter is going to go away. But you must understand that in the absence of a criminal process, what has happened in the media, led by certain uh, media houses, has been, a crystallization of a perception that the EFF is a criminal syndicate. So this is why they allowed for a quasi-criminal prosecution to be held by the media and the people who have been involved in those kind of allegations. So even though this is not a criminal issue, and even though this was not a criminal trial, the very fact that the narrative has been around criminality is what has made it enter into this Uh, legal foray. And uh, I think even though you are correct when you say we don't necessarily vote on the basis of criminality or versus ethics, I think we have to be cautious about this particular charge because we are seeing more and more on the global scene where these kind of allegations are made of criminal conduct. And then those then become the reasons for people voting or not voting. So I do think they were successful, but I want us as a public to really examine this moment this media moment and ask ourselves was this media moment useful are these kinds of attacks from media houses of value and one particular strategy by the EFF one that either will be replicated or one that just muddies up the systems of accountability that exists
1: all right let's take a call Leonard you're calling us this afternoon Uh, you want to comment on this particular issue good afternoon yes go ahead Leonard
0: Yes, Pamelo, Yeah, I, I just want to have a take on uh, Mr. Malema's uh, refer- uh, conference. Go ahead. Yes, I just want to make a quick one. You know, Mr. Malema is is, is a shrewd politician. You know, I I I am not really interested in the issues of corruption and the likes. But uh, if you look the way he has structured this thing, he he's got uh, some political points, and I'm telling you. Uh, uh the EFF is trying to actually uh, clear themselves and uh, get themselves uh, uh, in the right with uh, uh, the society. So it's a good one for Mr. Malema. I, I really commend them for this.
1: Thanks, Leonard. Mike, did you agree that the EFF scored itself some really good political points?
2: It depends on who you ask that question. But I want to say that to the people who are likely to vote for the EFF, this will very likely have been enough. To the people who believe that the EFF has been involved in criminal activity, this will not be enough. Mm. But I think for them, they have gotten the monkey off their back, so to speak, because for a very long time, people have thought that they are hiding from the, 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 the activities that have been alleged. So now by them coming to say, let's talk about VBS, let's talk about on-point tenders uh, and the reports, let's talk about my friends let's talk about a bank card, let's talk about a credit card, let's talk about wallet. I mean, some of the, the, the conversation we had was actually a bit peculiar in the level of scrutiny that they were willing to open themselves up to. To even say, I'll open my wallet for you now. I think that, that does create an impression for some people that, hey, maybe they don't have anything to hide. But I don't think that the people who are convinced that the EFS has done something criminal left this particular conversation, uh, you know, with changed minds. Mm-hmm. But for so the people who are looking to vote for them, I think those people are probably happy with the presentation and are not likely to be... uh stolen
1: away by the narrative. 891 mm-hmm. 207 The WhatsApp notes can come through on 0614-104-107. I'm in conversation with Mighty Jamie, political and social analyst, and uh, we're just going through the press briefing that was given by the CIC of the Economic Freedom Fighters, Julius Malema, with a couple of a handful of journalists just to address issues that have been in the media for a while and allegations around VBS. That was specifically the brief. Uh, no other things were, were spoken of but the VBS was at the center of this particular conversation. Let me just take some voice notes. Uh, Jamie, if you don't mind, just take a listen to some of these voice yeah. notes. They, 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 they may have some questions for you. Hello, Pimelo. This is France Mujela in Zanin. I think I need to compliment Mr. Adrian Sampier. He made some uh, questions that uh, showed showed his uh, bravery. He was never afraid of uh, Mr. Malema, he challenged him in most questions. Thanks a lot. It's France Mugella.
0: Well, good afternoon, Pimelo. This thing of Julius Malema, those who don't believe him will never believe him. Even if he was to be charged and go to court and beat I mean I mean be cleared there. Those who don't believe will not believe him still. So 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 and as for this guy who's saying he's too relaxed, if you have done nothing wrong, why would you panic? Peace my gents in Middleburg.
1: Good day, Pimelo. Uh, I have to give it up to Julius. Uh, firstly, he picks journalists that he knows probably won't go toe-to-toe with him on his points. And then, secondly, he demonstrates the advantages of you know, his form of corruption, whereby you use a primary company to benefit, and then you are a secondary company that benefits from the primary company, so you can't be linked directly. Um, yeah, he was brilliant. He was articulate, but he's dirty. Uh, he's definitely dirty. You can't be linked to so many companies that are linked to corruption and be innocent. Martin from Gang.
0: What we all seem to forget is Julius Malema is, after all, from the ANC, and the ANC we all know is rotten to the
1: core. Wow. Okay, Mighty, do you want to respond to that?
2: Yeah, look, I think that we can see from the voice notes that opinions are divided. <laughs> and I think we must also just um, remember that this story has received a disproportionate amount of focus in general. And this is one of the things that bugs me about the narrative around BBS is that we have over-examined the minority actor in the allegations and under-examined the $2 billion that went missing. So to me... I think that when i think about corruption in the state of south africa the scale of corporate corruption and government corruption is immense in the hundreds of billions every year so if we are really serious about having conversations about corruption i don't think we should be having this selective uh, approach to handling corruption we must ask ourselves why are 93% of municipalities reporting irregular expenditure and wasteful expenditure? Why are all of these people linked to politics showing up in nice cars, going to clubs, and all of these things, and you see their lifestyles on social media? If we're having a holistic conversation about corruption in the state, it has to be done in a manner that really seeks to solve the problem, to identify the modus operandi and the frequent offenders. Because this thing of looking at 14 million with all of the media focus and ignoring the hundred and something billion every year, for me, I actually find that to be a problematic way of approaching the problem of massive looting of the state, and that it's done by both sides, corporate and the government players.
1: John Labutale, is calling us from KZN? Go ahead, sir. Yes,
2: thank you. Yes, as we said,
0: the popular Revolutionary Movement is that. This matter of VPS will be used against some individuals and some racist connotations are going to be put in, into it. Uh, President Godin has been attacked. Ranjane Monsami has been attacked. Uh, Shamila Badohi has been attacked unnecessarily because you call as Julius Malema, you call the journalist to try and put your, 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 your case uh, which is not the, 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 the court of law and there was no prosecution there, there, is no, there was no judge there and he had to explain himself the way he wanted to. So, but he confirmed that wherever he was he was with his cousin or the, uh, the Floyd's brother, wherever he was and they would use their money, but The issue is that he knows everything that they were doing, any type of business uh, they were doing, which to me tells that they account to him because he has no right to ask them what type of business are you doing, why are you doing this. It means they are accounting to him and this will open him to NPA when they do talks, when they do the investigation and his name shall not be spared. Lastly... I like when it says they own a farm, so that farm should be nationalized. We must take it to the government because
1: they believe in nationalization. Thank you. I'm going to have to uh, leave it there and wrap it because we've got to go to the headlines but I really appreciate it with uh, the time you've given us. Mighty Jamie, political and social analyst uh, just giving us his take on what to ponder on after that press briefing that was given by the CIC of the EFF at Julius Malema with a handful of journalists uh, trying to address the VBS, uh, VBS saga. Were you satisfied with the outcome? Of, of that particular briefing, we'll continue to take your calls. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. Were you, did you? has it changed your mind at all? We'll take those voice notes as well. Oh six one four one zero four one zero seven. It's two thirty. Let's go to Uzila Saku for the latest in headlines.